Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This year, millions will be diagnosed with low energy. But Planet Fitness has the cure. Boost your energy with tons of equipment in our clean and spacious clubs for $1 down and $10 a month. Join the judgment-free zone today. Deal extended to Wednesday, April 12th. See Home Club for details. Hey guys, what is going on? Welcome to the Leading Edge Cricket Podcast. We are actually live. This is this is going out on the podcast channel. But if you are on YouTube or if you are on Twitch, you will be able to watch us live reacting to what is going on. We've got three games to break down for you today, as well as Ben Stokes, England Thanks, legend, news. coming back to the fold. I am Rob. This is Rich. Welcome to the live stream slash podcast. How are we doing, Rob? Love it, love it. Great stuff, Martin. Hey, it's saving you a bit of time, isn't it, in the editing? So, yeah, why not? Dig straight Big in. Fan. Big fan of anything that's going to save, save time. And also, <laughs> kind of get, get, get us out there a little bit quicker, because games finish around 6 a.m. New Zealand time. We've started chatting at half six, so it's kind of like, oh, let's get out there as soon as we can. So, mm. we, we've got a whole heap to go through, mate. And I think we should start off, being English fans, wearing a Kiwi shirt, living in New Zealand, mm-hmm. being an English fan, we should start off with Ben Stokes, mate, because this is it's game-changing for the Ashes. Oh, it's game-changing for the Ashes, game-changing for Stokes and England, but it's also game-changing for one other person that we'll get to at the moment. Um, obviously, T20 World Cup's ongoing. This is what we're here for. But Ben Stokes, massive, massive news, isn't it, that he's back in the touring party this winter. Four and a half month absence. Um, he's announced he's ready to return to the fold. Um, and, and as importantly, you know, he's had his, his issues, hasn't he, that he needs to take a break from yeah. the game. But also, he's had his long-term finger injury. He seems as if that is fit now. So that's good. We're happy about that. But do you know who's happier than that? Jack who's Leach. Happier? Who's happier? Jack happy? Leach. Jack Leach. Why, Spinner why? Leach. Why is Jack Leach why? happy? Why? Because he's going to get a game. The balance <laughs> oh, of the team the is completely changed. Stokes is going to be in there at five or six, isn't he? Leach might yeah. now be able to have a game of cricket. Don Best was probably going to be playing if it wasn't for, for Stokes reclaiming his spot. Best would have played because he obviously offers a bit with a bat, doesn't he? Whether he's the best bowler or spin bowler or not, it's a completely different thing. But yeah, Stokes is in, but it's big news for Leach. Wow. You you are right. When we were talking through the Ashes squad that got released, we was talking around, 
hey, what does it mean for this England team? How do you get the balance right? How do you cope without a Moeen Ali and a Ben Stokes? Well, you, you're exactly right. You've, you've plugged one of the gaps and a big gap yeah. that you've got in this mm. England team. So really, really classy news for England. I do worry slightly that you're taking someone who's played zero cricket and then you're putting them into the Ashes environment. I think that potentially may be quite challenging. Yeah, but he's, the good thing with this tour, though, we've got the Lions coming over, haven't we? So we're going to have them intra-club, intra-club. That's what we do pre-season in club cricket. We're going to have some inter-group games, aren't we? So the Lions squad's going to be out there. They're going to have a couple of games pre, um, pre-first pre test match amongst themselves. So that he'll have time to adapt. He'll have time to, to get involved and get over there. He spends a lot of time over in New Zealand anyway, doesn't he? Obviously, family over there. So yeah. it will be a big deal, but it won't be the biggest deal in the world. A refreshed and recuperated and a fit Ben Stokes is way better than a been playing cricket for six months and slightly knackered Ben Stokes. So I'm all for it. I'm happy about it. Um, also, some news that slipped through, and I don't know how this slipped through because I've usually got a Dom Sibley radar going. Um, Sibley's pulled out of the Lions touring party, so he's mm. not going to be touring anymore, um, which is a bit of an interesting one. Obviously, you know, he got obviously lost his spot in the test side, got a spot on the Lions tour, but he's decided he wants to stay back home and work on his batting you know, back in Birmingham or whatever. So fair play to him, more power to him if he wants to do that. It's a bit of a strange one because obviously there is a chance that there'll be an opener gap at some yeah. point in these five test matches. So England are a little bit light on opener cover. Um, they've recalled, not recalled, they've called up Harry Brook of Yorkshire in his place on the Lions store. We, we expected him to be in there anyway. So yeah. not sure he, why he wasn't involved in the first place. So there's not a lot of cover other than Rob Yates now as an opener. Maybe Zach Crawley. Um, but still, Tom Haynes of Sussex still can't get a game, can he? Um, or can't get a call-up. But uh, but yeah, big news in the England camp. And um, it's, it's positive news all round, I think. Shame about Sibley in a way, but hey-ho, you know, his loss. So, it's, it's probably the sensible call, mate, because he's mm. he will have people he trusts. He'll have people that he wants to go and work with. And he's getting the opportunity to do that. Mm. If he goes and tours with the Lions and he doesn't feel like he's back to his best, and his best is is pretty good, you're not giving yourself the best opportunity to be ready for the next summer. You're just potentially putting yourself into a cauldron, called into the ashes, out of form, bullied out, average six, and that's your test career gone. So it feels like he's taking the time while he's young to maybe invest in himself a little bit more and try and come out the back end a better player. And I, I, yeah, I quite respect yeah. it, but it, yeah. it is, oh, you're not going to Australia when there might be an ashes call, but maybe he's playing the long game, mate. I, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, it's definitely his loss in the short term, but long term, yeah, like you say, it could well be a benefit to him and to England. Who knows? You know, he might actually open up another side of the field to start scoring some runs in. So, sorry, just joking, Dom. It's fine. It's a good thing. <laughs> it, it is a good thing, mate. And England are going to be stronger. It was really interesting. I can't remember. I think it might have been Nathan Lyon came out the other day and said, oh, we expect Ben Stokes to be here. We expect Ben Stokes. We're preparing for Ben Stokes. I was like... All right, okay, you're preparing for Ben Stokes. I don't think he's going, mate. Oh, I'm out of the loop. (laughs) I'm out of the loop. Me and Nathan Lyon are just completely done. We're we're on different pages these days. Bezzy mates, Nathan Lyon is with uh, Stokes, clearly. Don't fancy you, though. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, cracking news, mate. So, should we get on with some uh, some T20 World Cup, then? Because we've had a few games since we last spoke, and there's been some crackers. There has been some absolute belters, mate. If we roll back a couple of days, and Mm. I guess you've got the biggie going on between Pakistan and India. Absolutely massive contest. Massive on Twitter as well. Let's just let's just say that. Twitter was going absolutely nuts for it. <laughs> 
Yeah, it was a big. That was the big one, wasn't it? It's the one as soon as the calendar, um, as soon as the schedule came out, that is the game that everybody was waiting for and everyone was looking forward to. Um, they don't play each other enough, and this is the problem. Outside of World yeah. Cups, they don't play each other. Obviously, political reasons, blah blah blah. But they really, really should. And I'll be honest, India should play Pakistan more because it showed that they needed to. Um, yeah. As a game, though, it did not disappoint Pakistan. They made very, very short work of India's first innings, 151 for seven. They knocked the total off with 13 balls left with both openers, Mohammad Rizwan and Babar Azam, still at the crease. Um, this, obviously, we'll get into who did what in a moment, but this is the first World Cup win against India for Pakistan in their 13th attempt. Let that sink in for a minute. This is why it was such a big deal. Pakistan fans are jubilant at the moment. India fans Obviously disappointed. It's what happens when your big rival gets one over on you. Uh, but they'll be, they'll be fit to fight another day. But uh, but yeah, hell of a performance, hell of a win. Um, yeah, jump on it, and then we'll uh, we'll get into who did what a little bit. Mate, I thought you, you can't look past uh, Shine Sharafridi at the start, mate. He was absolutely sensational, swinging the yeah. ball at pace. The delivery to Rohit Sharma was a. Um, Johnny Bairstow, Stuart Broad sort of referral where he's like, oh, that's not that. It's, it's hitting six inches up middle stump from an in-swinging Yorker, mate. That, that's mm. out every single time. Yeah. The wicket of K.O. Rahul, who's been in incredible form in the last two IPLs and become a better international mm. T20 player. Incredible. Bringing the ball back in. We saw um, the Aman Seema, he, his name, is Bilal Shah, was it? Bilal Khan swinging the ball back in about 83 miles mm. an hour and causing some problems for associate nations. You add another five, six mile an hour onto the ball and to be able to do that consistently um, with high quality, you've got an exceptional cricketer. And this was, he's been good, but he's sneaky young still. And <laughs> I, this is a breakout moment. And we said at the start of the World Cup campaign, as we said, who's going to win? Who's going to go and win the World Cup? And I said... I think Pakistan are going to win the World Cup. They've got the passion ignited into the nation about how they've been treated by New Zealand and by England. And this is the, hey, boys, we're here. We're not the little underdog cricket team anymore. There's there's England, there's India. And, hey, Pakistan, number three in the world. We're number three for a reason. We've got Babar Azam and, and Mohamed Rizwan, two of the best T20 players in the world. And we're, we're legit. We're about to go off and we're about to go win the World Cup. Anything is possible. The fact that they've turned over India, one of the tournament's favourites, game one for them, it yeah. says everything. And it really does. It doesn't. I don't, don't want to say it puts India in a hole, but it just it just pushes India back. They've just stumbled at the start line, haven't they? Whereas Pakistan have got an absolute flyer off. Um, and yeah, Shine Sharafridi, you take both openers early on in the first in his first two overs, he'd got two wickets, and then you come back for Virat Kohli, who was the man that scored most of the runs for India today, fifty-seven or forty-nine balls for King Kohli. Um, Shaheen Sharafridi has been around for a little while. I think we saw a little clip of him taking four wickets for next to nothing when he was 17 in Pakistan yes. uh, first-class cricket. Ever since then, kept, a, kept an eye on the big guy. He is a unit. He's just sensational. He's one of the finest bowlers in world cricket, especially with the white ball, and he's just going to get stronger and stronger, and, and everybody's going to know who he is by the end of this tournament. Um, Rishabh Pant, 39-30. He was the, the main or the secondary contributor uh, for India. few starts as well, a bit disappointing. Yadav, Jadeja, Hardik Pandya down the order. All kind of, you know, run a ball-ish um, innings, um, which was a little bit disappointing. So with Kohli there as an anchor point, you would have hoped if you were India to probably post maybe 170, 180, but no one really kind of got going at 200 or so. Because sometimes all you need is someone hitting 20 off 10 balls. You're not asking for someone to hit 100 off 50 balls. Yep. But if they can, if down the order, if your Pandya can come in and get 20 off 10 or Jadeja can get 15 off 7 or something like that, it changes the the chase, doesn't it? And uh, 
<laughs> well, we'll get onto the chase in a sec. But yeah, a little bit disappointing from the Indian lineup. Yeah, I, I agree, mate. Pant and Kohli gave them hope. They, they really did. Mm. That was the partnership where you this has got to be the one that goes on. And they just they just didn't. And then the guys coming in down the back end. And one thing we've seen through the tournament is you really do need wickets in hand to be able to mm. go on and score big scores. And India had wickets in hand and it didn't mm. actually help them that much because uh, Bhuvaneshwar Kumar came in 5 off 4. Hardik Panya 11 off 8. Jadeja 13 off 13. Mm. No one came in and changed the dial. However, mm. Kohli did his best and scored at a runner ball and then started to accelerate just before mm. he got out. Played a great knock. Pant only scored at 110-120 strike rate. That's not very mm. Rishabh Pant. And mm. the timing of him getting out, if they had Pant for that last five overs to go yeah. absolutely bonkers, Massive. again, you, you're talking you're talking about different scores mm. and, and different mm. levels of what you can achieve. So I just think overall, they will be really, really disappointed with what they've been able to do. Also, mm. the, the hat's off, mate. The hat is fully off to a quality <laughs> all-round bowling performance from Pakistan. And, the, mm. you know, Shine Charafridi, 13 dot balls in his four overs, three for 31, man of the match, absolutely superb. Mm. But Shabad Khan, nine dot balls, four overs, gone at an economy rate of 5.5. Yeah. That's pretty good saving, yeah, double digits um, mm. on the dot balls. Uh, Mohamed Hafiz, two overs for six runs and over. They're mm. filling overs from someone that is high yeah. quality. Um, Ralph with a 6.25 economy rate of four mm. overs. These, these are superb. And the thing that is abundantly clear, and we saw it with the West Indies, mm. hitting boundaries can be difficult. And India did not hit a lot of boundaries in this innings. You're looking down the list. It was only Hassan Khan that went for five boundaries. Everyone else, no one went for more than one or two. They, they yeah. really struggled to, to get it going and only hit four sixes. Mm. It's un-India-esque performance. Yeah. Do you know who didn't find it tough going, though, Rob? Pakistan who? openers, Mohammed no, Rizwan and Babar Azam. They did not find it <laughs> tough going at all. 79 not out for uh, Rizwan off 55 balls. And Babar Azam, the little star, 68 not out off 52. They, they won it in the end with, what was it, seven balls left, was it? I forget now. Or was it a little yep. bit more than that? Is that right? 19th over was it? No, where am I looking oh, now? I've lost where it was. 13.5. 13 balls left it was. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was an extra over. I didn't give him credit there. Blimey, nearly give him, nearly missed out. So 13 <laughs> balls left to spare in this innings to win this game. 152 for none in the end. You don't get bigger wins than that. Um, you do technically, and we'll get to one in a minute from today. <laughs> but as a game, this is a big, as big as win as you're going to get. They're still dancing in the, the streets of Karachi, I'm sure. They will be, mate. It was an incredible performance and completely different to how India played. I really like Pakistan's approach. India, try, I thought, tried to be more well-rounded and hit balls in different areas where Rizwan and Azam, when they were attacking, they attacked leg side. And I think there's a theory behind this because we've seen more and more guys kind of getting caught out in the deep. Rizwan mm. and, and Azam was like, I can hit with power to the leg side and I can hit it very far. And that was their approach. So when they went mm. big, that's where they were targeting to try and hit the ball. It wasn't trying to play inside out over cover or not get into the pitch and going down the ground. It was just getting your hands through the ball through that leg side. And mm. I really appreciated watching their approach to it. And it, it, mm. it came off beautifully. And the other thing was there wasn't that many dot balls. They were able to rotate the strike and still score at decent rates and over when they weren't hitting boundaries, which just kept it ticking along and having heaps of wickets in hand. 
Yeah, absolutely. So Pakistan, New Zealand up next tomorrow. Uh, as we record this, that'll be Tuesday the 26th. And all, India also's next game is New Zealand as well. Um, so they've got a bit of time to recoup, whereas Pakistan have got two games before India next take the field. So we shall see how, uh, how well um, India recover with all that time to consider what's happened. Um, on the same day, so earlier in that day, we had Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, keeping it in the same region, rounding everybody out. Um, big, big game, uh, this one as well. The, obviously, two of the qualifiers, wasn't it? Um, and Sri Lanka. They, they, the big thing before the, before, uh, before the game took place was Mahesh Thiksana, the spinner, who had great success in the qualifying section. He missed out. He's replaced by Benura Fernando. Uh, but a big miss. But it didn't really matter because Sri Lanka did enough. Five-wicket victory over the fellow qualifiers with seven balls remaining. I knew there was a seven-ball remaining moment, <laughs> Robin. It was in this game instead of the India game. Um, so batting first, Mohamed Name, he's continued his solid form for Bangladesh, 62 or 52. Uh, Litton Das and Shakib Al-Hassan, they, they kind of came and went. Um, but the main support came from the little man, Mushfika Rahim. Um, it, it was a bit of a James Taylor knock. He's, he's not the biggest fella in the world, but he was smashing it. 57 off 37 balls. Um only four wickets to celebrate, including the run out. Uh, wasn't too much of a slanker attack to get too excited about, but it was a steady performance, wasn't it? And it really yeah. set up the win um, for their batters. I mean, when you're chasing 171, that's a big score in this competition. That's what we're starting to see, isn't it? It's going to intimidate certain teams, but only 171. Sri Lanka, 172 for five. Seven balls remaining, as we said. Um, quality. Kusal Pereira went really, really early. And if you're Sri Lanka, with their batting, it can be a bit, Bit dodgy, let's put it politely. Um, so when he goes, the experienced guy, you're thinking, ah, we're in a bit of trouble here, aren't we? But Sharif Asalanka came in at three, hit the ground running. Pathan Nisanka was the opener as well. He got 24 in the end, but it was Asalanka. He got himself an unbeaten 80 off 49 balls. I'm pretty sure that's the highest score of the competition so far. Um, just absolute quality knock, wasn't it? 79 for four when he was then joined uh, by Banuka Raj Rajapaksa, who also got himself 53 off 31 in, in this time. Um, yeah, superb. He, he was dismissed for 53 or 31 balls, but he just seven runs needed um, before. But uh, what's it? Asalanka got himself over the line, got Sri Lanka over the line, yeah. didn't they? I'd say it's, it's, it's a bright team, this is, this Sri Lankan team. It, it doesn't have everything you would expect from a Sri Lankan team from over the years, but it's a bright and quality team. And they've got enough. And if the batting can match the bowling, they've got every chance of upsetting a few teams. Yeah. Yep. Why not, mate? They... They've hit the ground running. They've been backed into a corner over the last three, few years mm -hmm. with player retirements and rotation mm -hmm. of players and trying to get people good enough um, to achieve it at the top level of T20 cricket, let alone any format of cricket. And it feels like they're starting to get there. The big test for Sri Lanka is one, they've bowled well, one, they've baddied well. Can they go do that at the next level against the real top tier teams that they've got left to play mm. um, throughout their group. That is, it is a challenge. But mm. the one thing you saw, and I, I don't know whether you saw it, was there was a bit of spice in this game and a mm. bit of fire around the Sri Lankan team. Like both Pakistan, sorry, both Bangladesh and Sri Lanka are very passive, humble, uh, play the game in the right spirit sort of teams. Mm. But there was, there was one, and I think it was Chimera who threw the ball back at the batsman, uh, Litton Das, almost took his head off. And it looked like it was going to go ice hockey with gloves down and uh, you get five minutes in the bin. It was absolutely incredible. Like, you don't see that on a cricket pitch. It means something. It means something. These boys, have, they've already played three games each, haven't they? It means something. They've had to come through to this competition the hard way. They're both 
probably feeling a little bit disrespected with the game at the moment as nations, you know, they're proud, proud nations of cricket. Bangladesh slipped away from their, you know, heady heights. But Sri Lanka have always been a quality white ball nation. So I don't think they like the fact that they are having to come from behind, come, come and qualify in order to get this competition, you know, get into this part of the competition. So they've got something to prove. Um, mm. And I think starting off strong as well, this is the game they've targeted. They have to win. Obviously, the rest of the other four teams that they play are the bigger teams, allegedly, aren't they? Um, so you have to target this first game and get a win over one of your fellow qualifiers, get up and running and see where you are after that. Bangladesh, obviously, they're behind it now. They're going to struggle. But Sri Lanka, there's something about this group. I, I used to, you know, a year or so ago, we're saying this about Pakistan. There's something about this group. They're a talented bunch, but they don't quite know how to win games of cricket. Sri Lanka haven't really been able to win many games of cricket. But there's something about this group. And I just, you know, don't give them credit, you know, at your peril. I think it's going to be one of those competitions, isn't it? If you under, underestimate them, you're yeah. going to come unstuck. They are. And Sri Lanka was incredible, mate. I don't know how much you saw of it, but the timing that he had of a cricket ball on these sorts of pitches was absolutely next to none. He was mm. he was just in. As soon as he got in, he was driving the ball well, he was cutting, he was pulling well. He looked a really, really class player. I want to mm. see him do that against an England or a West Indies or a South Africa yeah. or an Australia, someone like that, and go, wow, yeah, they're starting to piece together some of these... Uh, cogs that have been missing for a while because there were huge, co- huge cogs that were taken out of the lineup over the last <laughs> few years. Massive cogs, yeah. Absolutely. I thought he was going to ask if Asalanka could do it on a wet Tuesday in Rochdale, Rob. But... I'll be honest, mate. After a 3 2 win, 95th minute winner at the weekend, he <laughs> probably can't. <laughs> but who he's, can? no Keith, he's no Keith Parker. But, uh, yeah, great, great win for Sri Lanka. Big games they were. And we've just had the one game today. We'll jump onto that now. Um, this is a really tough one to talk about, actually, because Afghanistan, we're very, very fond of Afghanistan as a cricketing nation. They've been going through incredible hardship at the moment. We can't even understand what they're going through. Scotland, their first ever World Cup, proper World Cup performance. No disrespect to the qualifying stage, but, you know, and they did brilliantly and they qualified, as did Afghanistan. But this is the first ever game that Scotland have played in this stage of a World Cup, and it just didn't go right, did it? Um, we'll, we, they, they ended up on the wrong side of this one and we'll get into how but let's just go through it first so the, Afghanistan they rightly as soon as they won the toss they rightly decided to have a bat bit of a weird field this one wasn't it as well one you know short boundary on one side they made the most of this decision to go and have a bat 190 for four intimidating target that, we're going to use that word a lot, I think, sometimes. Against a team like Scotland in particular, no disrespect to them, yeah. but in a World Cup against this quality bowling attack, 194 is intimidating. Um, yeah. Afghanistan with about contributions all the way through the order. Um, Hazratullah Zazai, Zazai, he went off no problem. Mohamed Shazad as well, they got off to a flyer. 54 um, in 5.5, I think it was. Shazad went one ball before the end of the power play. So that's quality. We're not, we haven't seen great power plays from all the teams so far, so it was really interesting to see that. Um, Raman, uh, Ramanullah Gurbaz 46 of 37 and Najibullah Zadran 59 of 34 they kept the pace going along all the way through the innings 11 sixes they certainly made the most of it and and it just it set it up where I don't think Scotland were ever going to they didn't I just don't think they were able to do that I think Scotland came out of a belief that they could do that and we'll get onto that in a minute but the way Afghanistan battered they absolutely made the most of it and they really really put the pressure on Scotland at the break they did, mate. It's 
Scotland aren't going to chase 190 in the subcontinent against the, the class of a Mujibur Rahman or a Rashid Khan bowling at them because you know they're overs that you're going to be lucky to be going at six and over and you're probably yeah. going to lose a couple of wickets as well. It's just a, a monumental task. But I, I really enjoyed the way Afghanistan went about their business mm. in all facets of the game. With the bat, yeah. they, they were very clear about what they were doing mm. and they knew they had the power to clear short boundaries. And when the ball was there, they went for it. And when they got yeah. in, they went for it. They didn't mm. so much go for it from ball one. Like They gave mm. themselves a few balls just to go oh, yeah, okay, I'm getting used to the pace mm. of the pitch, and they picked the bowlers they were going to target. Mark Watt was superb, bowled one for 23, mm. went at economy rate of five. But Brad Wheel went at 10s. Michael Lesk went to 18s. Josh Davey at 10s. Chris Greaves at 10s. They picked mm. the guys that they wanted to attack and put a, a monumental score on the board. Huge Absolutely. score. Absolutely. And to be fair to Scotland, they weren't intimidated by the score. I mean, George Munsey and Carl Kurtzer at the top of the order, they came out and they were not bothered. They were going to go for it. Um, yeah. they, they they cracked on it, simple as that. But Majibu Rahman, we'll get on to him in a minute, absolute stunning performance from him. Um, he got the first wicket. He broke that partnership at 28th one off 3.2 overs. Like I say, they were cruising at that point. Munsey clean hitting, Carl Kurtzer hitting down the ground, really, really looking strong. So 28 for one off 3.2 overs. It was reviewed. It was an umpire's call, LBW, yeah. but he's out. Next yeah. ball, Callum McLeod came in. He's gone. LBW, next ball, gone. Simple as that. Three and four balls, Richie Berrington had gone. He's got trapped in front as well. Three wickets in the over for that Majubu Rahman over, and it's just game changed, isn't it? It was yeah. unplayable. Simple as that. Umpire's call is a little bit of a, a bit of a strange one here. I'm not saying he's got Man of the Match award. But there was three decisions at least. I think Munzee might have had an umpire's call one as well with an LBW on the on the impact. And it just it's a funny game, isn't it? If all of those decisions had gone with the cautious approach for an umpire, yeah. you're talking about all those guys not being out. But that's the way cricket yeah. is at the moment. No excuses for Scotland. But it just shows you the fine margins. That's kind of just why I wanted to mention that. Uh, but Urama was just sensational. Um, great ball. It was Scotland... You know, they, they just didn't make the most of it, did they? Matthew Cross came and went non. Stunning one-handed dive from Shazad behind the stumps. Have a look at that if you haven't. Yes. Um, yes. Naveen Ulhaq, yeah, he got one wicket. If you're not sure if you know of who Naveen Ulhaq is or not, if you're a county cricket fan, he had a great, great um, time in the Vitality Blast this summer with Leicestershire, one of the leading wicket takers in that competition in England. So that's why that name rings a bell, if it's not for any other reason. Um, but just to wrap things up, Rob, by the time Munzee went next over, a fourth Majim uh, victim, it was pretty much game over, wasn't it? 36 for five. Rashid Khan then pretty much, he was into the attack, but then he took over um, and he finished with four for nine off 2.2. Just rattled him out. Scotland's all out for 60. 130 run win, a mammoth margin. Majib five for 20. Four for nine, Rashid Khan and um, all with a the single wicket. It's brutal for Scotland. Brutal. They were fantastic in the qualifying. Afghanistan were pretty good as well, but it's just—it's a brutal opening, isn't it, for them? And, and it, it's not going to get any easier for Scotland. It's not. They are in an extremely, extremely difficult group. But you know what? People are going to learn from this experience of playing in these environments against the best players in the world who are the best at playing in these environments as well. So it, it is a, a learning curve. The, the game for me was gone. When Muncy went, you're like, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, absolutely. That's, that's a game done. He scores at a boundary rate way superior than any other Scotland player by a country mile. But Afghanistan were just clinical. The bowling was world-class. Yeah. The bowling is incredible for a, 
an ex-associate nation, mm -hmm. that they have so many riches of spinners that they can bring in that aren't just good enough, but they're T20 franchise superstars around the world. They play in every, every, every game that they possibly can. They're just, it's, I struggle to get my head around how good this team could be um, mm. and have performed. And they could, they could cause an upset. You just imagine if mm. Afghanistan um, pulled off an upset in this World Cup, beat New Zealand, beat India, mm. got themselves into the semi-finals, and then you just like, you just never know. Well, it's, it's which teams, which team spinners are going to win it. As simple as that. I think yeah. this is the way this tournament is looking. Whichever spinning unit is the finest. I mean, England showed it in their game against West Indies with Adil Rashid and, and Moeen Ali. You've then got Rashid Khan, Mijab, Rahman, and, and even um, Mohamed Nabi as well. Who's going to be the best spinners? Obviously, Pakistan went with Seam, didn't they, in their, their location. Yeah. But I'm not holding anything against the, or, uh, you know, to say Afghanistan can't go on. They really, really could. They, they, they look a good unit. My concern with them coming into this competition was, is there too much of a distraction with family, friends, etc., and what's going yeah. on back home for them? If they can kind of try and compartmentalise, put that to the back of their mind, they have got absolutely the, the ability to go and do that. They've got the guys at the top of the order, like the Zazai and, and Shazads, yeah. etc. They've got the middle order players that can do it. And they've even got Rashid Khan coming in at probably eight or nine, who, like yeah. I said before, hit one of the finest T20 knocks I've seen in a long time. And he's 30 or 40-odd for Sussex in the quarterfinal of the Vitality Blast. It was just stunning hitting. If you've got him coming down the order, as destructive as that is, they have got every chance to uh, to embarrass a couple of teams. And I don't mean embarrass as in Afghanistan have beat them, but I mean beat them like this, like 130-run yeah. margin of victory. It, it could happen, yeah. I, I don't think we can write any team off. It's such a good competition. There are so many good players. And because we are bringing it back to, it's not going to be won by batters, I don't think, this tournament. I think it is going to be won by spinners. So Afghanistan put themselves in a pretty good position with that pair. Yeah, they did. I think the other thing that's going to be important in this World Cup, and we've seen it so far, and it stands out by country mile, teams that field poorly, don't take chances, yeah. are really, really going to struggle to win games of cricket, which is a very obvious thing to say because that's how cricket works. But there has been some ropey fielding in this competition and there has been some world-class catches being mm. taken in this competition. So it's, I, I think you, you're right. It's... Everything that I would call like the defensive cricket, where you're bowling and mm. where you're fielding, has got to be absolutely on point to give your batters a chance. Because 190, who, who's going to chase 190 other than Pakistan? Who's going to chase 190 mm. in this World Cup at the moment? Not many teams are going to be able to do it against a team with two world-class spinners. Yeah, that's that's the key, isn't it? That's absolutely key. So disappointing for Scotland, but they do get an opportunity to straighten things out. Uh, not tomorrow, but the day after. They're playing Namibia, they're another qualifier, isn't it? So um, I did wrongly call Afghanistan a qualifier earlier. That's, uh, that's bad of me. Um, oh, they did, didn't they? What am I talking about? Too many. Did... No, I've lost my way here. Afghanistan, I've seen too much cricket recently. It's all blurring into one, Rob. What's going on? <laughs> but yeah, they get a chance. Scotland, Namibia on Wednesday. England, Bangladesh are also awesome. playing on Wednesday. Tomorrow, yeah. though, South Africa, West Indies, uh, Pakistan, New Zealand. So two quick questions before we wrap this up. Do New Zealand get a win over Pakistan, considering how impressive Pakistan will be? You're the home, home fan there, New Zealand. But also West Indies, can they come back after their drubbing by England? Oh, we'll start with the K-Ways. And I, I don't think they're, they're good enough to win. They're not good mm. enough to win in these conditions against Pakistan. Mm. If it was on a green seamer in New Zealand, it's a different mm. condition. 
and they probably would win, like they do every time they play someone on Green Seamer in New Zealand. But this this is not playing a Green Seamer in New Zealand. This is playing in the subcontinent against a world-class Pakistan team, and the Pakistan team are better, hands mm. down. New Zealand are really struggling. They'll, they'll probably have Mitch Santner in the team, um, and they'll probably have Ish Sodi. Ish Sodi's a good spinner. Mitch Santner doesn't spin it. Mm. Whereas you're mm. playing against a team with world-class spinners, great seamers, um, probably on par seamers, but they may be better in those conditions. However, Trent Bolt has spent forever and a day playing in the IPL. Mm. And the batting lineup for New Zealand really, really worries me. It mm. As a T20 team, they, they have pop. been very good. Mm. But if Martin Guptill fails, mm. I feel there's a lack of firepower in that team, which is very un-New Zealand-like because they've always got guys that can batter it over the mm. line. But Guptill fails. You're putting a lot of pressure on Glenn Phillips, who is mm. relatively new to international cricket still. And yep. they just they're, to me, they don't feel like a team built for these conditions. You've got guys like Tim Seifert, they need the ball coming on at pace on a good deck. Yeah. He can score runs. He can score fast. Mm. But I don't think he can in uh, yeah. UAE or Oman. Yeah, there's names in that Kiwi lineup, especially in that middle order, that they're, they're yet to be become household names. They're yet to become star players. And it's a competition like this can, can propel you up to that echelon, can't it? But it, they just it doesn't feel like there's, there's enough firepower there for me um, at the moment. So... Yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting. I, I think I'm going with Pakistan for that game. West Indies, South Africa. It's a tough one because South Africa really fought back well against Australia, didn't they? And they're defeating that first game where it looked like for a moment South Africa were, were going to go the way of uh, what West Indies did against England. Um, yeah. So it's, it's a bit of a who recovers best in that game. I fancy West Indies, to be honest, in that one. Um, and just before I stopped waffling, of course, Afghanistan wasn't in the qualifiers, Rob. I don't know no. why I was saying that. I'm just obsessed with Afghanistan <laughs> cricket, clearly. Um, but, um, they're just on my brain. It's just the qualifiers. I enjoyed the qualifying section that much. Every team that I'm enjoying it has to have come through the qualifying. The they're like my teams now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I really struggle with the West Indies game. Mm. They've they've split the last five games they've played. West Indies have won two. South Africa have won three. It's it's just it's really hard to put your thing on, and I think it all comes down to what West Indies team turn up on the day because they were shoddy mm. against England. They played a brand of cricket which they have played historically for the last mm. forever since T Twenty was around. They hit more boundaries than anyone else, and they were just holding out. Now boundaries doesn't have to mean sixes, and I think that's the thing that they need to get their head around. Not every ball has to be hit aerial. <laughs> boring, <laughs> boring cricket, boring Bobby. What are you doing to cricket, Jeez, man? I, I just, I just feel like they need to rethink about how they're going to do it. They've got to give themselves opportunities to score runs other than boundaries. I don't feel this is quite the tournament where you can eat up the amount of dot balls you could do on tracks that are just coming on like a road playing in a local mm. car park, the ball's coming on, you can stick it in the next field. It's then mm. it's not quite like that. And I yeah. feel that they do need to change. I think South Africa are going to win, is, cool. is my Fair take enough. on it. They're, they're we'll a decent team. Yeah, they're a decent team. Uh, Bavuma leads fairly well for me. I'm not 100%. So Quinton de Kock's a class player. Yeah. Uh, and Van Dusen is in cracking form. He didn't do well mm. in the last game, but overall he's in really good form. He warmed up superbly. Um, 101 not out against a good Pakistan mm. team in the warm-up. So, yeah, good player. Good South player. Africa's the team. Afghanistan, 
I think Afghanistan's becoming everyone's favourite team, I'd, I'd say, Rich. I think the last few years, Afghanistan's been everybody's second team, hasn't it? Probably supplanting New Zealand as it used to be everyone's favourite second team. But uh, everyone's got a soft spot for Afghanistan. I think they can do it. Yeah, why not? I reckon, why not? So Maybe West Indies, just a thought. Maybe they're going to like be skittled all out for not many, get hammered, put 200 up, hammer somebody else. Next game, get skittled, get hammered. So I think they they, might well be that sort of of team. They'll get some great wins, but they'll also get some pretty shoddy uh, losses as well. I think the other one we need to call out is how big a game Pakistan-New Zealand is for Pakistan. They have Mm, held Black Black Caps cricket very responsible for the, the cancellation of the tour, not that mm. the game against New Zealand is potentially bigger than India. So they are going in back-to-back classics <laughs> for them. And if they, this imagine they beat India by 10 wickets, they go beat the Black mm. Caps, like they are absolutely on cloud nine and become the team to beat. Yeah, absolutely. I just hope they don't, you know, burn off all that sort of emotional energy at the start of this tournament against India and New Zealand, making it all very, very personal. So it's a long old tournament, guys. Pace yourselves. It, it definitely is. And that's everything from me, Rich. Is there anything anything else you want to run through, mate? Or are we, no, we're all good. No, we're all set. We've had a, a quieter day with one game of cricket. Yeah, it's nice to get slowly caught up, isn't it, really, with what's been going on and just spend a bit more time seeing seeing what's been happening. Um, as I say, some really good games coming up as well. I'm really looking forward to seeing those. Obviously, England-Bangladesh will be the big focus for us on Wednesday. And I'd imagine we'll probably jump on after um, after that day's cricket, after Scotland-Namibia. Yeah, I would say so. Biggie. Biggie for England against up some subcontinent opposition in Bangladesh. They're showing the no pushovers, mate. Um, mm. Going to be a challenge. And Scotland really need to bounce back. But again, everyone's second favourite cricket team at the moment, Namibia. Um, could could well do them and get themselves there's on a, a little bit of a roll. There's a lot of everyone's second favourite teams at the moment, isn't there? <laughs> we've, we've, got, we've got joint second of about four teams. Exactly. Us, so. um, well, thank you so much for listening, guys. Hope you've enjoyed it. This is live streamed for the first time, so we'll have a look back and see how it's worked, see if it's worked well, see if it's not. Mm. We'll be available on all podcast platforms, wherever you may listen to it. Mm. It will be available for you guys to go and listen to. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.